0: So once again, welcome to this week's episode of Value Nigeria. This week it's a different, it's a unique episode and that's just because for the first time on this podcast, we have a guest. My guest is an individual investor, he's a licensed real estate agent, he's a prolific writer going by his posts on Twitter, which which have really had an impact on me as a person and he's based in the United States of America. Is a young gentleman who I have quite a lot of respect for. And when I reached out to him, our discussion was smooth and easy. And we just clicked right off the bat. My gentleman's name today is KG Alabi. You want to just say hello to the listeners of the podcast, KG? Hi
1: everyone. Like you said, my name's KG. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me, Aji.
0: All right, perfect. Good to have you here, KG. Just so that listeners can get a feel or get to know who you are, do you want to just kindly tell us a little bit about yourself and your background?
1: Yeah, sure thing. Um, so I, I grew up in, well, I was born in the UK, which which is why this is uh, really important for me. But I was born in the UK. I grew up in the Caribbean. I have uh, three brothers. We grew up together, pretty close-knit. Uh, then I moved to America back in 2016, uh, early 2016, actually, uh, which is when I started my investing journey. All
0: right, perfect. Thank you very much for that, KG. And just going off your name, I know this question will probably be on the minds of a good number of listeners. KG Alabi, definitely there's some Nigerian blood in there somewhere.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's actually funny you say that. I, I Everyone calls me KG for short because... Mm-hmm. My name is Olato Kumbo Adeyemi Olabiyisama, but you know, I live in the U. I live in the U.S., so <laughs> obviously, I have to make it a little bit shorter for everybody to, to make it more palatable for everyone.
0: Yeah, I, I can so, imagine what um, people will go like go through trying to pronounce the full name.
1: Exactly, exactly. So, Keji it is, and that's really my dad's influence. Who he na- he named all of us. Uh, his first name, which is Olaf Tokumbo. I hope he's listening right now.
0: <laughs> Hi, Dad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Now, um, how, how did you get started in investing? What was your journey like?
1: Well, it started out with books for me. I read things like Rich Dad, Poor Dad, um, The Richest Man in Babylon. I, I read um, Warren Buffett's uh, The Snowball Effect. It was it was really impactful um, and it was heavy. It was like, OK, this is something that I want to do. And I feel like I can get into it. Uh, it's, and mainly I, I noticed that, you know, my family, my, my mother and my father, they worked for they worked for companies for their entire lives. And okay. for me, that's that's, that's not. Um, yeah. You know, it's not an option. Okay. I prefer to be retired. Hired in my 40s, living where I want to, doing what I want, having a nice income from dividends, things like that. Yeah. Passive income, essentially. Yeah.
0: It's funny how the name Warren Buffett always comes up in conversations, in the origins of how people set out in investing, how people started out their journey. There are a couple of like Robert Kiyosaki's Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Richest mm-hmm. Man in Babylon, and Warren Buffett. Those three names almost always come up in conversations and glad to hear that we're part of your own formation as well. Yeah,
1: uh, I agree. Warren Buffett, Robert Kiyosaki, a lot of them have a really big influence. Like when you start from nothing or from zero dollars to a million dollar portfolio, the question is, how do you get there? Yeah. And one of the things a lot of people do, what I did, was I looked at people who are already there and I see what they did and how they Continue to remain there. So Warren Buffett is obviously one of those people, one of the greatest investors yeah, in yeah, the world. Yeah. Robert Kiyosaki, really good in real estate, t- talks about transitioning mm-hmm. from the employee mindset to the business mindset. Yeah. So they're really good influences when you're trying to uh, when you're trying to move up. Yeah.
0: It's amazing how Warren Buffett has managed to do this over decades, over seventy odd years. His longevity is just just on another level.
1: <laughs> I agree. I agree. Yeah. That's a long term investor. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Now, what's the difference between the investor you are right now and the investor you were when you started out? How how have you evolved?
1: That's a really good question. Um, so, like I said, I was I was looking into Warren Buffett, but I didn't like the slow, steady. the the turtle wins the race every single time i didn't really like that it wasn't attractive back then um so what i was doing was i was looking into cryptocurrency i was looking into uh, penny stocks anything that could get make a quick buck really really (laughs) fast right so i would take small sums of money and i would put them in penny stocks some of them did well some of them didn't do well uh and the you know the biggest one for me was when I put my uh, money into a stock called Hexo, which mm-hmm. is a marijuana company. Unfortunately, I lost a lot of money on that one, yeah. which kind of made a shift in my mind. Like, okay, maybe I should start thinking of how Warren Buffett is is thinking, because he's doing something right and consistently does it year after year after year. So that's, that's the main difference. I'm a more patient investor now. I'm a more, uh, I'm still aggressive like I was back then, but I'm focused on, not diversifying my portfolio, yeah. which comes to a shock for a lot of people. Uh, I'm focused on individual stocks, and I'm focused on slow and steady wins the race.
0: The thought of concentrating your portfolio is one that is quite counterintuitive. A lot, a lot of people think, uh, how, how can you make headway doing that? You should spread all your eggs and all that. Largely, they don't understand that it dilutes their, the returns they get on the eventual portfolio at the end of the day.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. Um, people think that diversification is the way to go if you're a a young, and aggressive investor or you want to make a lot of money yeah. within you know a long period of time. And I I disagree because when you put your money, let's say, into an ETF or a lot of different companies to to mitigate your risk, it actually reduces the yeah. the uh, potential Overall returns for yeah. your earning power. Yeah, correct. Yeah.
0: Now, there are various schools of thoughts about um, investing and investing types or investing subtypes. Some people believe in momentum investing, there's the traditional value investing, buy low, sell high, there's the, the growth investing, buy high, sell higher, you know. If you were to put yourself into a box, which of all these subtypes would you say you fit into?
1: Uh, to be honest with you, Adji, I, I don't think I put myself into any of those boxes. Mm-hmm. I would consider myself a value investor, mm-hmm. uh, and what that means is I want all of those strategies when I buy when I consider a company. Yeah. Um, when I let's say, for example, there was uh, Bank of America was one of my mm-hmm. 50, right now one of my biggest positions. In terms of growth, I see a lot of growth in their mm-hmm. future, so that was that's a good candidate there, um, especially when they dropped last year. Uh, yeah. In terms of dividends, for the dividend investors out there, yeah. uh, Bank of America has got a, a nice dividend, consistent, okay. strong, and their balance sheet actually allows for something okay. for those dividends to go every yeah. year. But what's important is getting it at a good price with a margin of safety okay. that allows you to have all of those components together. You have dividends and growth and all of the strategies combined into one stock that is at a good price you can buy it and watch Absolutely. all of your earnings come in. Absolutely. That's, that's my general consent.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Now, people have various personalities. Some people are outspoken. Some people are, you know, quiet introverts and extroverts. Uh, how do you think personality influences investing? Uh, you of the school of thought that one's personality can influence the type of investing that one does and the type of returns that one can get.
1: Uh, not really, but I do think personality does play some part into it because as an investor uh, or a a value investor, a good investor, you should be, you should take your emotions out of it. But, you know, once your personality gets involved, that means you're being more emotional about the decisions that you're making and you should, you know, try and reduce that as much as possible. If you want to be a good investor or a great investor, even, I think you should take that part out.
0: Absolutely. I totally agree with you one's emotions will almost always tend to make you act irrationally and make decisions that you probably wouldn't be making if you were thinking Mm straight. And obviously, that would um, inhibit your returns. Now, just because you've mentioned Bank of America, should I assume that your primary focus is the American market, if that is so? Why is that so?
1: Well, yeah, it is. You're right in assuming that uh, it is the U.S. markets, and that's because you know, like we talked about earlier, yeah. I, I follow Warren Buffett, who always says, "Don't bet against the U.S." Yes. So, <laughs> me knowing nothing about investing and saying, "Okay, Warren Buffett is the the he's the man," he says U.S. markets. I'm going with U.S. markets. Mind you, there are some successful investors that invest outside of the U.S. I'm yes, not saying definitely. Possible, yeah. but it's just. Outside of my purview, something yeah. that I I really can't see myself doing. I I wouldn't understand how to, how to, you know value the companies or anything like that. So I stay in the
0: US. Would I be right in mm-hmm. saying that the US market is probably your circle of competence, and yeah, just staying within that circle. Yeah, that's right. Okay, that's a that's a great point. Thank you. Now the US market is quite large. I really don't follow the market quite well in the US. I know it's quite large, there are thousands and thousands of companies um, on all the different boards. How do companies get onto your radar? How do you find these companies that, from the mix of thousands that are available?
1: Excellent point. So in my free time, as you know, in a value investor who's long-term doesn't really very much in the stock market day-to-day, in my downtime, I typically go on YouTube or at first I was on Robinhood a lot oh, okay. where they would give you different picks of yeah. who went up and who went down. Yeah. And I see why these companies went up or why they went down. Do I understand them? Do I like this company? Things like that. But I don't use Robinhood too much more right Nowadays, now. with because of yeah, exactly. It's 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 changed more to, more so. Uh, it's a game of a gamified platform in my mind. So I don't use Robinhood anymore. Okay. I use things like YouTube articles. If I have a general question, I'll just ask the question on Google, and some okay. articles will come up. Mm-hmm. I go through different websites like MarketWatch, things like that. Yeah. I have a lot of good stuff there. All
0: right, perfect.
1: Instagram too, actually.
0: Yeah, interesting. <laughs>
1: and so, social media. Yeah.
0: Do you belong to any of these, um, like social media boards, things like um, Reddit or things like like FinVs or like value investor clubs or anything like that? That you, you know, a community of similar-minded investors. Do you have anything as such?
1: Ah, uh, no. It's it's really hard to find the, a, a, a like-minded person who thinks value investing yeah. is a really great way to go. Mm-hmm. I, I, at last year, I thought. Maybe I could do that on Twitter, which I did find a group of people who were investor mindset. But that kind of devolved slowly into yeah. uh, into Bitcoin, into quick <laughs> quick returns, yeah. buying, selling, day trading. I, I had to get out of the group because, yeah. you know, that just didn't align with my goals anymore. Yeah,
0: true. True. I agree with you. Staying in such a an environment will just become toxic to you and, you know, push you into doing things that you probably wouldn't have done on a normal day exactly now what are the qualities or what are things you look out for in companies things that stand out to you things that attract you towards any company like um your buy criteria if i put it in other words
1: that's a good question and i think this should pretty much go for everyone paul Ackman, warren buffett they all have a similar approach uh, you should buy companies that you understand that's yeah. what i do yeah. if i don't understand the company I am not gonna even look at it. Like mm-hmm. for example, Coinbase. I, I know you yeah. just saw the IPO for that recently. Yeah, yeah. Coinbase came out. I get. I get a general sense of what they do, but I I can't really understand how they make money from you know cryptocurrency and all that. So I just mm. leave it alone. I don't understand it. It's not a company that I would consider. Uh, the next thing that I'd want to do is look for a company that has a competitive advantage, mm-hmm. right? Take Apple for example. Yep. They have a large moat. And what that means is. If you have heard any of the stories back in the day where castles are surrounded by large bodies of water, Uh, this was actually coined by Warren Buffett, the the moat for for Mm -hmm. stocks. Uh, um, Apple's got a moat. They have devices, uh, they have products, services.
0: Customer loyalty.
1: Uh, Exactly. Customer loyalty. Exactly. Things that bring customers back to Apple. And that is a competitive advantage and something that I actually consider a criteria for finding stocks. The next thing you want to do is: Does your management have talent and integrity? Right? Does the does someone managing the the company have talent and integrity? They shouldn't have one or the other yeah. because if they're yeah. talented but they don't have integrity, well, you know, ethical concerns. Yeah. But if they have integrity but they're not talented, because you're not going to really see any growth, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's, that's one of the things you want to look for: sure. uh, a management that has talent and integrity. Um, and I, I go back to Apple because it's one of the companies that I really, really love. Uh, I actually work for Apple in my day job Yeah, as, as a third-party support. If we look at Tim Cook, Tim Cook is extremely talented yeah. um, in terms of the way that he's run the company o- over his tenure. And you know, we talk about integrity, uh, things like how does the company move forward with their green initiatives? Mm-hmm. We see Apple campuses that are almost 100% green, mm-hmm. so we know that he's got... Uh, values uh, in, in, in reducing Apple's carbon footprint. Yeah. And that is integral for me as a person who's looking at the company. Okay, I want to buy this company because of these reasons. Right. And then finally, you yeah. want to look for companies that are below their intrinsic value. Well, what I mean, by intrinsic, the value that the company has the, the true value of the yeah. company. We can yeah. see the stock price at something at, at, one, at mm-hmm. one point at one point, and the value it's could be at something else. It's entirely different, yeah. Right? Exactly. Warren Buffett says value is what you uh, get, price is what you, you pay. pay. So you really want to focus on what the intrinsic value is. Mm-hmm. For example, if we look at last year, the stock market really plummeted yep. in the US last yep. year. I, I'm pretty sure this was all over the world. Yeah, it was a, I, global, I, again, it was a so
0: global, global thing. Yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. So last year we know that the stocks were we know that stocks were on sale in mm-hmm. March of twenty twenty last mm-hmm. year, which is you know, just before that, ironically, I had liquidated my entire portfolio. Ooh. Just I was watching um one of my gurus on YouTube. His name is Phil Town and Ooh, he was okay. talking about uh, yeah, Phil Town from Rule One Investing. Yeah. He was talking about, you know, one of the he was talking about how the market's so high and all the stocks are overpriced. And I was like, Okay. Maybe I should start restructuring my portfolio. Maybe I should start selling off. And I did that. I liquidated everything and I had no idea what was coming. Coming. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was in February. And then in March, everything dropped. So I decided, hey, let me pick up my favorite stocks again that I had in my portfolio. And I got them at an even better price. So right now, I'm sitting pretty on a nice portfolio. Long term, by the way.
0: Wow, wow. lucky you. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yes, thank you. thank you. I'm so happy I was in that position to do that mm-hmm. and that I would I had already shifted my mindset in 2019 after I lost all of that money on
0: yeah. Hex. Perfect. You, you've walked right into the next question that I had in my mind okay. to ask, which was when, when you buy companies, what time horizon or what do you what, what's your outlook? There are a lot of people who are day traders, they buy they flip, they sell the same mm-hmm. day. some people buy mm-hmm. with months in mind. What time frame? Do you have in mind when you buy?
1: Well, well what Warren Buffett says, if you're not going to hold on to it for 10 years, don't even yeah. look at it for 10 seconds. Yes. So that's my general outlook. I'm thinking long term. I've got uh, my own uh, horizon, my own goals. So 10 years at least is my is my goal. Yeah. Ideally, in a perfect world, I want my stocks to, uh, to pay me dividends in my retirement so that I don't have to look for reti- Social Security mm-hmm. to pay my bills. Mm-hmm. Basically, um, we talked about my time horizon, which is 10 years at least. And I'm looking, my goal there is to have my my stocks pay for my lifestyle. If I get at least um, uh, 50000 a year or 60000 a year, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Because that'll be something that's completely passive, okay. along with other passive uh, options from real estate, which is, again, one of the reasons that I got in. Yeah. I wanted to make sure that uh, I have a side hustle for now. And then I also want to understand the, the industry as well as get uh, uh buy my own investments to uh, that align with my goal for the future. If that makes sense.
0: Thank you very much for that. Mm-hmm. And um do you have a sell criteria or do you have like things that trigger you to start thinking about selling any company in your in your list or in your portfolio?
1: Well, yes. Um just recently, I actually sold one of my companies, mm-hmm. uh, U.S. Bank, yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, yesterday was Friday, yeah. Mm-hmm. And the, the reason is, it's not because anything changed with management or it's you know too high or okay. anything like that. It's just I didn't have a lot of money in there, and I feel like mm-hmm. if I freed that up, I could use it for for a different investment. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the reasons that I would sell. If my if my position is too small, then I would I would move on to mm-hmm. something else. Um, also if, if the management, if something happens with management and they lose their integrity or yeah. their, their talent for the time period just isn't working, yeah. maybe then we'll, we'll, we'll part ways. Yeah. Um, but in, in an ideal world, I'd want to keep all of my stocks forever Yeah. and, you know, pass them on to my kids or something like that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Amazing. We, we think very much alike with that. Thank you. Now, you've mentioned a couple of them already. You've talked about Phil Town. You've talked about um, Warren Buffett. These are guys that I personally really look up to and, you know, learn from as well. Are there any other people that you hold as probably role models or that you learn from?
1: Well, um, that's, a, that's a good point. Uh, just just recently this morning, actually, I found someone else that I should be huh. looking at.
0: Interesting. Okay. Um,
1: his name is... Yeah, his name's Jeremy Grantham. He's a legendary investor, apparently. So he's he's def- I'm definitely gonna look into him and see what you know, h- how long he's been doing it, what his uh, what his strategy is, how, you know, all of that good stuff. So Jeremy Grantham is is one of the people that is now on my list of of, of role models. Um, but definitely Phil Town. Phil Town has yeah. been instrumental yeah. in my growth. Yeah. Um, he offers a um, what do you call that?
0: He's a the, course. Course, yeah.
1: Yeah, and of course, uh, it's a it's an inv- three day investing workshop. workshop. He's got yeah. a bunch of tools on his website. A lot of things that if you don't understand, you can just go to Phil Town's website or his YouTube, and he just explains it all. It's yeah. it's really yeah. it's really great. He
0: he really, really has a great. way of simplifying very complex um, subjects exactly. and making it very down to earth, easily understandable.
1: Exactly. And okay. I, I keep this—I keep his um, rules for investing in my notes yeah. 100% of the time. <laughs> so just in case I want to sell a company and I've forgotten the reason that I bought it or yeah. something, I'll just yeah. go back to my notes and I'll say, okay, well, what do I have here? Do I understand the company? Does it still have a competitive advantage? Do, does the management still have t- uh, talent and integrity? And do I have it at a good price? And if the answer is yes to all those questions, then there's no need for me to sell the company.
0: Great, great. Now, someone listening might get the wrong idea or get the wrong notion that, you know, value investing is all great. We never make any mistakes. Everything just goes smoothly. Um, have you made any mistakes in investing? I know you've mentioned Hexo. Um, Do you want to shed shed a little bit more light on that just so that people know that um, you're also human and we, we all make mistakes yeah, at some absolutely.
1: point? <laughs> yeah, so it's a good question. Back in 2019, I... You know, I was working alongside um, my boss at my day job now, okay. and she was buying marijuana companies, and there was a particular one, uh, I can't remember the name right now, but it went up um, uh, almost a thousand percent, and I was like, wow, I need to get in on that. I need to, you know, my my lizard brain triggered, and it said, <laughs> okay, you need to go make some money now, because your neighbor is making money. Yeah. So I put some money into uh, another cannabis company, not Hexo this time, but okay. another cannabis company. And that actually went from $5 to $20. And I was like, okay, that's great. That's great. And I sold it. Um, But then I said, okay, I can do this again. Mm. So I looked at Hexo, which was at $5. And I said, okay, this is going to go up to $20. And by that time, I was just getting into the Buffett mindset of, you know, looking at the balance sheet, cash flow statement, income statement, all that that stuff. But Mm. all I did was half research. Yeah. and I went into the income statement and the balance sheet but I didn't go into the cash, cash flow. State. If I did, I would have noticed that they were burning through cash faster mm-hmm. than they were making it. Yeah. So when it came around, maybe it was it was February of that year, maybe October, November, December, those 3 months. Yeah. That stock went from $8, which I bought it at yeah. 5, and it went down to $2. Oh, I had lost almost <laughs> 4 thousand dollars in that one so that the 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 gain that i had just gotten from the company from the previous before, trade yeah yeah exactly it was lost all in hexo so because i was trying to make a gamble and i hadn't done my research properly enough to say okay you know this is a good company which it was not and right now to this day it's still at two oh dollars it had some it had a, a bad volatility last year with the whole COVID drop. Yeah. It went from two dollars to thirty cents, Jeez. which would have been a good time to buy then, maybe yeah. if I wanted to gamble still. And I saw it at thirty cents, but I wasn't gonna make the same mistake. Mist- yeah. And it went from thirty cents to five dollars back to two dollars. So it's it's right where it I left it uh, two years ago. Wow. Yeah, that that was one of my biggest big, biggest mistakes that I learned from. and another mistake that I actually. I haven't shared this on Twitter, but okay. another mistake is uh, I I haven't I, I looked at companies that I I should have bought mm. and I didn't do it because <laughs> I I understood the company it was fine you yeah. know the management has talent and integrity yeah. fine it, it met my criteria essentially yeah. but I didn't buy it for whatever reason I guess because I was hearing things from my neighbor I just I don't I don't know yeah. but it, one of those companies was Square I don't know if you're familiar well, with yes Square. I do yes I do. Yeah, I'm, I actually saw that at sixty dollars, um, in twenty nine. Yeah, sixty dollars. And imagine they're two hundred and fifty dollars yeah. right now. So I missed out. <laughs> yeah. So the the mistakes that I that I want to make going forward are those kinds of mistakes. Yeah, absolutely. Where I I miss out on on uh, great investments rather than making the mistake of buying a poor investment yeah. and losing money. Uh, Phil Phil Towns' rule number one for investing is never lose money. That's rule one. Don't lose money. You can miss out, but don't lose money.
0: It's okay. Yep. He always says it's all right to commit mistakes of um, omission. However, it's the mistakes of commission that we shouldn't be doing. You shouldn't be buying stuff that you shouldn't do. An investor will always rule chances that we miss. That's normal. And um, just as we begin to bring things to an end... Um, if, if you could meet one person either in the past and the present or in future it doesn't have to be in investing generally just meet one person pick the person's brain spend time with some time with the person who would that be
1: that's a really good question <laughs> uh who would it be um honestly i've always been interested in science um so I think I would want to sit down with Albert Einstein. Yeah. His brain. I
0: could I could tell you attending to was <laughs> Einstein. Yeah.
1: <laughs> He's a genius of our time. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah. And what what would you like to glean off him or what insights would you like to get off well,
1: him? <laughs> well, there are there are theories that he came up with, like um um general relativity yep. that hadn't been proven until yeah hundreds of years well not hundreds maybe 100 Minutes. years
0: yeah
1: 100 years later so i would want to i would want to pick his brain and find out from him what he thinks about yeah. the universe all the things that we like now today mm-hmm, we have mm-hmm. uh, are we living in a simulation string theory all of those things yeah. i would want to pick his brain of that like what do you think about these concepts you know
0: well, wow, thank you very much, KG. It's been a lovely and amazing time. It's good to have a chat with somebody for a change on the podcast. <laughs>
1: yeah, I, I this was great. I I enjoyed talking to someone who, like I said, I, I couldn't had a hard time finding uh, like minded yeah. individuals. So you know. Talking to you was, was 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 great.
0: Yeah, thank you very much. And hopefully, when I begin to think about the US market, I would certainly have someone who I can run ideas past and you know just pick his brains yes. at some one point or the other.
1: Yes, I'm here to help. I'm happy. <laughs> let's, let's let's meet up.
0: Yeah, and and lastly, just in case listeners or someone on listening to this might just want to get in touch or say hello or get some some ideas or you know um, get some advice, how, how can listeners get across to you, KG?
1: Yeah, so I'm on social media platforms. Um, I'm at Keji Alabi on Twitter. Same thing on Instagram at Keji Alabi, but that profile right now is private. Oh, okay. um, but if you want to get, I, I'll still I'll still accept people, but I'm just gonna you know go yeah. over their profile first. And then I also have at Keji Alabi underscore realtor uh, on Instagram as well, where I post my um, my promotions for uh, prospects that I have, or maybe just general in uh, general news about the market.
0: Yeah. All right, perfect. Just before I let you go, any last words, anything you want to say? Just before we bring this to an end.
1: Uh the only thing I would say is for anyone listening, don't invest in what you don't understand. Yeah. It is vital. I, if if your neighbor says, Hey, buy this, it's going up. If you don't understand it, just leave it alone. Yeah. You can only pull away one thing. Yeah. I would say take that away. Don't no. invest in what you don't understand.
0: Perfect. Thank you so very much. It's been refreshing. Thank you for your time. I know it's it, I, I I know all the process and how we had to bend things over, you know, just to make yes. this work. Thank you very much for yes. bringing it to reality.
1: And thank you for having me. AG.
0: I, I look forward to next time. <laughs> certainly. There certainly will be a next time. All right. Have a lovely day ahead, KG.